Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 340, covering Precious Cargo and The Catwalk with Caitlin Purdy. Hi, friends. It's another exhausting week covering Enterprise, but Caitlin's here, so that makes it better. Yeah, so yeah. that's something. We got something going on. Yeah, it's, it's we don't have to suffer alone. No. We, we brought our friends to suffer, because we are good friends <laughs> yep. who make our friends suffer with us. That's what you the do. Togetherness. You, you take mm-hmm. your friends and you show them some garbage. Hey, look, we're suffering through this garbage. Won't you join us? Mm-hmm. Won't you? And we make it sound like we're giving you, like, a treat. Like, why don't you come on our podcast? Uh-huh. Like, give a fun? That just means fewer summaries we have to write and... Uh, exactly. Shared misery. It's more like trauma bonding. Yeah. More yeah, than really fun hanging We've out. We've been through the shit. Yeah. We've, like, it's like war buddies. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you haven't, you weren't there, man. Yeah. You don't get you it. You were there you in the good fight. times. You, you didn't have to watch all of the episodes of Enterprise. Remember, remember the the vast variety of guests, all the different friends we heard from back when we were covering Next Gen and everyone was excited to join us back when, like, uh, Adrian would come on mm. and uh, uh, Chris Fourthman and uh, Marissa and, and a- like, uh, 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 Andy. Yep. All those guys showed up during the good show and all, everyone kind of just disappeared when we got to Voyager and <laughs> we Enterprise. Were, Funny that. We were like, guys, we're doing Enter- Enterprise. And everyone simultaneously went, oh, yeah, they were all just <laughs> all out of town suddenly. Yeah. For three years. <laughs> it's just interesting how many volunteers from our friends we got to uh, to do the good show, and now uh, they're nowhere to be found. But that's that's fine. We'll do it. We're good. I don't blame them. No, me neither. But uh, but you're here, Caitlin. You get you get full props for yeah. that. I am here. Yeah. But this also means you'll be here for Discovery. You suffer through this, and then you get to be here when we talk about the show. That's, that's your reward. Interesting to talk about. It's my reward. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And we've seen it. It's a real thing. It's not like one day there will be new Star Trek. No, it's a real thing that we're excited to get to. So. And yeah. we want to talk about it. We really do yeah. so much. Oh, I but, it's, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not. I keep wanting to take notes when I'm watching Discovery. Yeah, I actually, I, I don't, but uh, I could definitely see that. I understand like I, the impulse. But. I keep clicking away to get to my notepads. Like, you don't have to do this right now, dude. No, just But just I have ideas. <laughs> I mean, if you've got a great joke in mind or a great interesting observation, you should write it down. But, you know, What's my quote for this episode? Is it Tilly saying fuck? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be Tilly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tilly's the best. But, okay, no, 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 no. We have to talk about this garbage first. Oh, I don't want to. We have to dig through the garbage before you get to eat a real meal. Yeah, you got to tell us about precious hamburgers. Oh, yes, please, <laughs> Caitlin. Why did, well, first, we usually do this. Why did you pick this one? Why was this your choice? To be honest, I'm not sure. I feel like maybe <laughs> I was remembering something incorrectly. Well, there's a lot of trip, so that's probably uh, what yeah. you, you know. I think I remembered it being like, oh, that's that trip episode where you get to see trip do all the trip things. Mm-hmm. And then I forgot everything else that came along with it. This, we, we should mention this before you get started. When you look at the Memory Alpha entry on this, uh, the producers, the behind-the-scenes guys, all think this is the worst episode of Enterprise. Oh, we man. thought it was sort of averagely bad, but yeah. they think, like, Berman and Braga thought, like, uh, uh, Brandon Braga wanted to bury this episode. He literally asked, after it was done, if we could somehow not air it. Can That's you how imagine? bad he thought it's it was. It's like he thought he was going to get fired over this thing. 
After yeah, all the crap it, he's pulled over the years. It costs like a million dollars to make an episode of Star Trek, and they did it. And then he's like, you know what? This one sucked. Can we just throw it away? Mm. Like, wow, really? I'm so Real- curious yeah. as to why. Yeah, I we've seen so many worse episodes. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? Yeah, and this one doesn't even make me angry the way some no. of those other yeah, ones no, do. Seriously, it's just like, like meh, If you're going to be ashamed about something, why this? Yeah, why not there's, Hoshi's Transporter Dream? There's so much more that's shameful. Or... <laughs> Or the T'Pol rape episode, uh-huh. maybe. That's a good one to be ashamed of. Uh-huh. No, they were proud of that. They said it was a sexy episode. We have a quote from him that says, yeah, this one's a sexy one. I don't think go throw up he knows what that word means. That's true. But <laughs> as we will see in this episode, they clearly, because this was supposed to be a sexy one. and uh, oh, sure fucking was. yeah. Anyway, so enough enough stalling, Caitlin. Why don't you, why don't you tell us? Exactly what happens in Precious Cargo. Oh, Precious Cargo. My Precious! Okay. So our episode opens with Tripp's harmonica solo being interrupted by a request from the captain for his incredibly talented man hands. There's a ship that needs repairs and he is the man for the job. Some forehead ridged aliens show up with their broken stasis pod and odd excuses and totally nothing weird going on here. Turns out these guys are running a trash ship through deep space that looks like it's made out of dumpster finds. <laughs> Trip enlists the help of his favorite communications officer, Hoshi, to help him sort out the alien trash heap. Hoshi proceeds to flip Trip shit, and it is adorable. <laughs> the stasis pod finally malfunctions, and Trip saves the day and the lovely alien woman he is totally not staring at while she's stasis slept. Unfortunately, she looks a bit angrier than she should if she were, you know, here of her own free will, like her <laughs> sketchy valet insisted. While Archer wines and dines as new guests, they receive notification of the malfunction and go sputtering back to their ship where they bash Trip over the head and speed away with one additional captive in their inventory. Archer is not pleased. Trip comes to on the ship and has an adorable scene getting the Universal Translator to work with his beautiful new pissed off companion. She turns out to be a princess and what a hoity-toity princess she is. Sleeping Beauty tries to be a total stone-cold bitch, but Trip, Southern charms her and uh, his mad skills win her over they escape together in a shuttle pod built for one and awkwardly and spitefully roll around on each other as they try to navigate the tiny shuttle pod archer gets all bad cop batter cop with t'pol at an official starfleet tribunal they act out a scene where they scare the kidnapper into compliance by telling horror stories about all the torture and rigid punishment they implement here on the starfleet vessel Trip engineers his way down to the surface of a planet where they find a reason for a princess to rub jelly on him because this is the sexy Star Trek. They fight. They roll around in the mud. They fuck. You know, the usual. Naturally, the rescue party shows up while Trip's in his underwear because these guys are never not in their underwear. They say a provocative goodbye. Sleeping Beauty sails away to go princess around. The fucking end. I am impressed that you got flick trip shit out. Like that's a that's, that's a, a great <laughs> sentence. That's a that's a tongue twister there, uh-huh. and you just nailed that. It was hard to say because I'm super tired, but yeah, I dribbled it out. Yeah, Kayla made it here for our 8 a.m. Uh, recording time for driving here from where she lives four hours away. Sure did. So uh, yeah, no kidding. So good sleep job is, for that, Kayla. Sleep is for the weak. <laughs> and me, I am very. <laughs> This episode, like I said, I don't think it deserves the reputation it had behind the scenes. I found it boring. It's, it was still a garbage fire, but like... It's, but I don't know that the garbage was on fire. I think it was just standard issue garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lame, floppy, wet, boring garbage. It's, it felt like a six-year-old wrote it. Like every 
romantic comedy like like you occasionally see it done well uh tidro's uh hanging out here this weekend and she said it reminded her a bit of what they did in uh, effectively in uh, uh the princess bride sure which is true or han solo and princess leia like mm-hmm. there, there's good examples of this the the working class like all shucks guy and the snooty princess falling in love but yeah there's a million bad examples and this goes in that pile yeah it's not like their quips are witty they're just like mom and dad fighting but it's yeah. such the obvious formula of okay in this scene she bitches and then he proves her wrong and in yeah. this scene they kiss because some reason like the, there's first of all there's no chemistry between the two of them at no all. there's not no. Which you need to have this kind of thing work otherwise it's just people who two people who don't like each other who bicker the entire time which well she's no fun she's played by uh she's played by padma lakshmi i think i'm saying her name right who uh, is a judge on top chef i guess if you watch those shows she's very well known to you but mm-hmm. none of us do so we didn't recognize her, I, but, i'm uh, glad about her chef top status like she's just, but she's not an actor and it's no. very clear here she's not an actor <laughs> yeah she's quite terrible everything that comes out of her mouth sounds ridiculous especially when she's speaking alien language oh yeah before the translator starts working yeah, yeah the first like five minutes she's bad. on is just like just yeah. gibberish but like all her faces and body language for like petulant teenage girl mm-hmm. rolling her eyes and like oh oh god you know just uh, the worst not now dad yeah the very worst i want to go to the mall uh-huh i have servants to do this we ain't got no mall in space <laughs> Deep Space Nine ain't been built yet. <laughs> Shut up and eat your catfish. Yep. Uh, just uh, and so also in memory, there, memory alpha really is. This should have been my good thing. Just all the insights about behind the scenes were the good thing about this episode because not only did they hate it so much, yeah, the guy who wrote it, the the showrunner, everybody hated it, but also they deliberately, this was on purpose, copied a good episode of Next Gen. Like, it's not like, oops, accidentally we yeah. duplicated something we did before better. It's like, no, on purpose, they wanted to make you think of, uh, I think it's called The Perfect Mate. This it's the one the with Bomke uh, Jensen, right? Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Um, where uh, Captain Picard meets this woman who's sealed up in a stasis tube, and she's meant to be this, like, perfect mate for the society where she puts off pheromones that makes people fall in love with her, and Picard falls uh-huh. in love with her, and it's actually kind of a sweet thing because he falls for her, and, and Patrick Stewart's great, and he sells it. Yeah. And so her makeup is similar to that, and the story is basically the same as that, only it's with Trip the Idiot and not Captain Picard, like, losing his dignity, because Trip doesn't have any dignity See, to lose. <laughs> what sucks about that is, uh, in, in the TNG episode, the she takes on the traits of the person that she's bonded with. Yes. I would love if this chick took on the traits of Trip. <laughs> that would make it so See, much in, more interesting in the in the picard episode that had kind of a sad tragedy because is she an individual and also yeah. Picard is such a lonely man for her to emulate Aww. but yeah here it would be so much funnier like i just would love if she starts out as like this elegant princess and by the end of the episode she's wearing overalls and playing her and trips harmonica <laughs> okay to be clear caitlin did not make a joke in the beginning of her summary when she said Tripp's harmonica solo was interrupted. That was the first shot. The first shot is an exterior shot of the Enterprise and you hear a harmonica. Dude, Tripp's harmonica is my good thing. Yeah. And then they cut to his quarters and he's playing the harmonica. Seriously, I love this it. episode, I, I started watching this episode, and it, it flat out opens with harmonica music. We cut into Tripp's, Tripp, Tripp's quarters and he's playing the harmonica. And all I can think is, okay... I think at this point I invented this character and then sent him back in time. 
Now, we've talked a lot about your version of Trip, and the show keeps just delivering your version of like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. We have a long history of this show. This show's been around for six years, and from day one, we've created exaggerated versions of the characters. And this is the first time the character keeps, like, edging us out. Yeah, it's like, like Matt will say something, enterprise. and then Trip will be stupider. And then next week, Matt will have to come up with something else, and he just keeps getting worse. Uh-huh. Or better. He's quite joyfully stereotypical. Oh, no, it's, it's wonderful. Fun. It is. And I just imagine if if your scenario is accurate, Matt, if you did come back in time and create Trip, what was the show like before that? What oh, was the God, timeline without imagine. Trip? Oh, God. Who he replaced. Maybe maybe Travis had more to do then. Yeah, maybe Travis was the, uh, the engineer. Yeah. And he was so boring that you're like, you know what? He can't leave the show, but let's just put him somewhere where no one talks about him. Yeah. And his practical on jokes can wait downstairs. Back <laughs> downstairs. Uh-huh. Well, we spend the whole next episode downstairs. We but sure we'll get do. There. Yeah, this it just it hit all the standard predictable beats and it was just so it, it really it's really rough. Like, yeah, but since we're doing good things, so yours is the harmonica. Did you have more to say about that? I don't want to cut you no, off. No, it was just wonderful. <laughs> it's that that opening shot where you hear harmonica and you know, as soon as they cut like, well, who could this be? There's no there's no mystery. There's no question. Like my well, we real know good, who this is. My real good thing is the joyful expression I had as I clap my hands while he fucking <laughs> jams out. The, like, it would have been an interesting twist if you suddenly see that it's T'Pol exploring Earth mm-hmm. music or Flocks learning something new about it. No, of course, but it's no, the dummy it's you think it's the most it. obvious oh, yeah. person you can imagine doing it. Yep. It's the Bayou Boa. He's he's still trying to find someone else in the crew to to finish his jug band. Like, <laughs> to get someone to play the jaw harp and someone to play the jug. Like, he's got it. He's all set. I don't understand. You want me to blow into this bottle? <laughs> the washboard. That's need a the, washboard. Oh, yeah, the washboard. Definitely. Mm. I These got washboard abs. How about that? Just play my abs. <laughs> These are another reason to take your clothes off. Stuff you found in the shed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now you're oh, catching boy. on, Malcolm. So since we're doing good things, Caitlin, what do you got? Well, the only time I've ever liked Archer is when he is pretending to be submissive to, to Paul. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's that great scene where he's like, like you said, like bad cop and batter cop. Mm-hmm. Where he's pretending, like, he's got to get some information out of this dude. And so he's like, well, I mean, I can, I, I, I want I want to send you home safe, but Vulcans, they're crazy. And then T'Pol comes in in, like, this elaborate robe setup situation. And, With, like, a special book. Yeah. yeah. And this is actually my good thing, too. I think you're talking specifically about Archer. I just like the scene in general. Yeah, yeah. I love the scene. But, mm-hmm. like, he's actually, like... Oh man, she's just this is just out of my hands. You got to watch out for her, she, man. She's crazy. Yeah. Because I, these guys haven't heard of Vulcans, so he can he can sell them on anything. Look, these pointy-eared guys, they're fucking they're nuts. Uh and when she walks in the room, he just like shuts up and like bows down uh-huh. like like immediately and acts all like really humble and I was like, "Oh, maybe you should do that more often." And she's such a good liar. Uh-huh. Like we've pointed this out before, but she never says, "We're going to torture you." What she does is she asks him a lot of leading questions that make him think, "How much do you weigh? Does your culture have any post-mortem rituals we should be aware of?" Like make him think it, but never say it. Right. But the thing is, none of those are actually lies. It's just yes. that she could be asking those questions for any reason. That's what I mean. It's and great. She- but she knows what she's doing. Oh, yeah. And I love, I, I really like that about this character a lot. And my, my good thing specifically was T'Pol. So, like, we, we're kind of the two halves there because you mm-hmm. liked seeing Archer. I just like when those two get along. They're on mm-hmm. the same page. They're doing the same devious plan together. Mm-hmm. It was nice. 
And like seeing them on the same team and like yes. especially seeing Archer uh not be the one that's in charge. Yes. And be able to, even if they're just faking it, submit to like playing this role with well, the, the ball. The whole advantage of having her on the on the ship is that she bring like her culture has different experience and different like there are times mm -hmm. where she's a better expert like she should take over mm -hmm. and he's always so reluctant to do that and mm -hmm. it's nice to see him willing to do that yeah. yeah i hope they'll remember that next week they won't no they don't remember anything in this show no <laughs> but that was a that was a really fun scene i enjoyed that mm -hmm. it was totally like illegal and immoral and if starfleet command finds out that he's implying like psychologically torturing guys like he's gonna be in a lot of trouble starfleet command doesn't care about that yet I think probably they're anti-torture, but who knows? I had to psychologically torture some guys. Well, I mean, if that's what you thought was best. Shrug. I mean, you didn't physically torture them, right? Like, they, they, there's no marks on them? Okay, you're good. We all know there's never going to be consequences anyway, so. Yeah, well, there you never know. is. The ends justify <laughs> the means. That is Starfleet's yep. way from the beginning. Yep. yep. You can do anything you want as long as you win at the end. Mm -hmm. Yep. So. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? I just, this episode was just boring. It was so boring you know just like the whole thing just watching the whole thing was such a slog yep and like i i promised myself i'm like i'm gonna sit down and pay attention to this episode and i did <laughs> i sat down with a huge drink and i paid attention to this episode and there's just nothing i sat here trying to figure out a bad thing and i it's just such a a long sea of bland boring stuff that i've seen before like there's not even anything i can really get mad about just because it it's so nothing. Well, that's, that's the thing. And and we're not going to talk about Discovery, but I just want to say there are some things I don't love about Discovery, but I'm looking forward to discussing those mm -hmm. things because they're mm -hmm. new things. Everything Enterprise does we don't like. We've complained. Like, it's so hard to find interesting ways to complain about the same stuff every <laughs> week because yeah. it's the same writers doing the same crap. Yeah. And there's nothing new. It's, yeah, more boring, more phoning it in. And more dentist office. Oh, God, yep. yeah. The planet they crash on has like 10 potted plants that's supposed to be a swamp. Mm -hmm. It's just another dentist office. That's ain't no swamp. Trust me, I've been to swamps. Yeah, there ain't no gators here. I am not more, impressed. More naked time. <laughs> Never-ending nudity. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're always finding ways for people Fucking to take their clothes sexy time on Enterprise yet again. More rubbing gel on stuff. I rubbing think... that gel. No, rubbing swamp mud. <laughs> Much better. So, so somebody at Star Trek's got a fetish. Yeah, I, I guess. And Come over here. Mm -hmm. Take off all your clothes so I can put band-aids all over you. Ah. Ugh. No, I think Rick yeah. Berman has all the fetishes. Yeah, probably. But not the good ones. No. Like, I don't want to kink shame anyone. He's just gross. Yeah. Being into those things is not bad. Being Rick Berman is bad. <laughs> yeah. Rick Berman, you should be ashamed of yourself. My bad thing is Rick Berman. Uh-huh. No, uh, my bad thing. The dynamic between Trip and the princess felt like, like I said before, felt like it was written by a fourth grader. It Chirp. was just like, it was, I knew all the beats. I knew she was going to act hoity-toity and then she was going to be in trouble and he'd have to help her. And mm -hmm. then she'd gradually come around, but then their, their uh, tension would flare up again and they'd yell at each other like they were about to hit each other and then they would make out. Like that's yep. how it happens in everything ever. And that's how it happened here. And it was just, it brought nothing new. It was so like, like I'm an amateur writer. I've never been published. I have never, I don't have a degree. I only know because I've watched a lot of TV and read a lot of books how stories work. I should not be able to see where the story's going. Like, I'm not a professional. I, you should be able to trick me. And mm -hmm. you, ugh, just, 
Ugh. Or at least convince you that it's actually happening. Yeah, That'd or, be nice. Or if you're going to do the same story I've seen a million times playing out in a predictable way, do it with interesting characters so it's at least fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a stock standard story if the characters are good. Mm-hmm. And this had some good trip stuff, but she was terrible. I didn't actually look at what your bad thing is, but it, I know you hated her a lot. <laughs> this is your she bad She is thing. my bad thing. <laughs> You got, we, we've all been there. I'm not mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying, oh, you're bad for doing this. We, Matt, Matt did it when he decided he hated Worf. Yep. I've done it with Neelix and a couple other characters. When you decide you hate a character, that's it. Everything yep. they do. Oh yeah. It's annoying. Is a case against. Like more, more, uh, more evidence against. Yep. She could do nothing right pretty much for me this whole time. I yep. wanted to replace her with Porthos. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Well, if it's an episode where he's got to escape with Porthos and make sure the dog, the captain's dog gets back okay, that would be cute. Me and this dog on a swamp adventure. Yep. Don't bang the dog, though. No. That'd be weird. Yeah, that would be a little weird. But But the dog could lick his face. That's fine. Yeah, that'd be great. But uh, but let's let's get into this. What let, like get specific? What are some of the things she did that really bothered you? Well, I think the actor is not doing a great job to begin with. So like. It makes the things that are written poorly that we, much worse. We looked up to see if she was acting at this point or if she did Top Chef yet. She was just a model at this point. It was very clear because she's very pretty. Yeah. But that's it. Her job is to stand there and be pretty. And she's not very good at conveying emotions. No. Right. Yeah. It was a lot of making stupid faces and just, you yeah. know, crossing her arms like a teenager, like a poorly yep. acted out teenager. Don't you know and I'm a princess? I don't have to do any of this. Can't you tell by my whiny voice? Ugh. And so I didn't like that. I didn't like the way she was written. I didn't like the banter back and forth because it wasn't cheeky. It wasn't like adorable the way I wanted it. Yeah, it was just badly written. It looks like people are fighting. And I'm so tired of people being mad and arguing on the show. Like they're always mad and arguing Mm -hmm. and -hmm. not getting along. And so it's just like another. Yeah. Like, I guess, just negative conversation when it could have been just like some something cuter, I guess. Well, anytime you do a. People fall in love in an hour episode. You really need to sell that. I really need right. to believe that these two are into each other by the end of that 40 minutes or it's not going to work. And yeah, I exactly. didn't at all. No, they just fought until they fucked. Yeah, that's it. And uh, just. Uh. And she had like her one moment where she was like, oh, I'm lonely. Yeah, they tried to make her sympathetic. It's like she's the she's the sheltered like I have to do what my father tells me because I'm important. Uh, OK. Yeah, I don't care so. about that. No, me neither. You'd probably have a boyfriend if you weren't such a bitch. <laughs> Damn. I have to say that's not a very feminist thing to say, Caitlin. I mean, you're the woman here and I defer to you, but uh, I think that might not be very feminist. But she's not very nice, though. That's she's just fair. not nice to people. Okay, fair enough. And she's like, um, some of the things that she says, I mean, I know that they're trying to do with her, but it, like the way it comes off is just really kind of awful. It is. Also, I think, I mean, you were the first. You you charted, you, like, you trailblazed the loving trip. Like, we all followed. Mm-hmm. Do love But it. you were there for, because remember, remember, Matt, when she said trip's great, and we we're like, what? Really? Yeah, I know. And then, like, two weeks later, we were like, no, oh, no, shit, I you were right. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, so you might have also been reacting to, like, that's probably your favorite character, and someone's being mean to your favorite character the whole yep. time. Which is definitely a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to fight her. Stop you being mean to trip. Her. He can't defend himself. Is that what you said? I said fight, but I oh, mean, okay. I could bite her too. Okay. While we're fair. fighting. Yeah. You fight and bite and fight and bite and fight. Mm-hmm. Fight and fight. Bite, bite, bite. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Anything? Oh, man. I swear to God, no. I did have notes on this. They got deleted somewhere between recording mm. and writing. 
Well, I was I was in the document when you were watching it, and you we always do that thing where it's like, ah, oh, don't look at me, because <laughs> I you've seen me do this, and I've seen you do this. Where oh, you're in here typing. You you see the little icon pop yep. up. Matt has opened this document. Matt has seen you typing. Matt has closed this document. <laughs> it's weird, and oh. I don't know why, but it is. No, we all do it. I've seen the guests do it too. Oh, oh, are you in here? I'm sorry. It's like occupied. <laughs> Whenever I see that Matt's in there, I just message him inside the document that i'm watching him yep <laughs> that has happened yeah i enjoy watching people's notes but i think they figured that out and that's why they don't let me anymore flonk does that too actually i like being creepy hey buddy Ugh. yeah flonk i'm working yeah i'm watching you work i don't have time for your creative. shenanigans right now just like come to your work and just like sit at your desk and look at you yep go on don't mind me carry on don't mm -hmm. make typos i'm watching all right anything else I gotta make my jokes funnier. Someone's watching me. <laughs> they can't know that everything that comes out at the first draft isn't perfect. Oh, <laughs> Caitlin, anything else? No, other than I wish these people would keep their goddamn clothes on. Yeah, every week. Yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, uh, we need them to go back in time to Rick Berman's ears, but uh -huh. uh, it's too late for that. No, and we all think Trip is a handsome dude, and it's not, like, he looks good, but it's still gross. I don't want to see him in his wet underwear all yeah. the time. He looks yeah. odd in his wet underwear. I don't know what it is. It, someone mentioned when we were watching it that it looks like a wrestling singlet, and that might be the mm -hmm. problem. Well, because then I did the strong mad voice, which then just That's made true, you think yes. of strong mad. So, yeah. All right. Uh, you got a quote for us, Caitlin? Sure do. What is it? This trip playing the harmonica. Well, well yeah, yes. you guys have to hear that. part of the episode uh, -huh. <laughs> uh what do you got for an alternate title my alternate title is naked and afraid space edition quite good matt what do you got florida man in a garbage can no you have to say it you have to say it in the accent florida man in a garbage can can <laughs> can yeah i went with solo a star trek story <laughs> all right so moving on to moving right along to an episode that was slightly better, but only slightly. There was less uh -huh. nudity. God, we're in the dregs, aren't we? Yep. It just, oh, God. We're all in the gutter. Yeah. Matt, why don't you tell us what happens in the catfish walk, or as it is actually known, the catwalk. All right, so let's get, let's get this out of the way. I'm too sexy for this episode, and I am not too <laughs> sexy for many things, you guys. Not many things. So everyone's all excited about an upcoming class trip. This week, the Magic School Bus is exploring a canyon, and Trip's looking forward to getting into an actual boat, because Trip is a miracle. <laughs> Unfortunately, the ship is intercepted by some aliens begging for help in a way that is suspiciously reminiscent of last episode, almost like Enterprise keeps getting tricked by aliens. Seriously, the entire crew of this show is like a baffled five-year-old frantically searching for its own nose. <laughs> anyway, these new aliens let our guys know that there's a storm a-coming. Ah. I ain't seen one like this and going on 50 years. Cause ain't nothing for it except to batten down the hatches, hang up some sheets, and shove the entire crew into Enterprise's catwalk. Yeah. So the crew takes these strange, boring aliens in, gives them some curtains, and settles in for a long winter's nap. A long trip through radioactive space hurricane. 
So they're on board and annoyed at each other for about six minutes before a warning goes off about the engines or something. So Trip heads down in a spacesuit to see what's the matter, and it turns out that the ship is being burgled. Archie rubs two brain cells together and then questions the aliens about these suspicious robbers and why they look a lot like our new friends. <laughs> so it turns out that these guys worked for the burglars who are a local planet's militia and also basically pirates. So our guys split. And anyway, the crew eventually takes the ship back somehow and they all celebrate by taking Paul to the movies. She finds out who figures out who Kaiser Soze is in the first act. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely watch... Uh... Uh, to Paul talks movies on YouTube. Oh I would God, love yes. to see her just run through movies and just like, okay, this is the twist. This is the twist. This Shoot is the them. twist. I mean, that's me with every Enterprise episode. Uh-huh. I know where this is going in the first five minutes every <laughs> yep. fucking week. Uh, this was, I mean, this had some moments. If it had been a quiet episode, because we had the whole bit where the entire crew, like all hundred people, yep. were all hunkered down in this tiny little area for like a week. They had to build a little shanty town to be safe from the thing. Yeah. Like, that part I liked because we saw a bit of that. We saw Archer actually walking around and, and getting to know some of the lower guys. Mingling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we saw like like a poker game. It felt almost like uh, Next Gen had one of these. That's when the characters get to know each other remember, a little better. Remember this from Next Gen? You liked it I then. Didn't, it didn't feel evocative. It just felt like, like it didn't feel like a ripoff rather. It felt more like evocative. It felt mm-hmm. like, okay, they're they're doing like they're all bored and together and they're betting their food rations. Yep. It's kind of cute. Yeah. I liked all that. And then you had to have deadly danger. You had to have these guys show up and take over the ship. And that was it dumb. Ju- it just, I, I, the, the second they show up, you can hear me visibly just go. Ugh. Yeah. Because no, it's the thing so is, obvious if, what's happening. If they had just done a character episode where it's like, we get to know the dynamic between some of the guys we've never seen combinations of before. Mm. Like, what happens if uh, Travis and Hoshi hang out for a bit? What mm-hmm. happens if Phlox and T'Pol, you know, like different guys we haven't seen together a lot or get to know the characters we don't see much. They can tell some stories. Ghost yeah. like, stories. Hear what they, you know, yeah. want to do with their lives. You know, they can just like talk. Yeah. yeah. And actually, my good thing was Archer in the first half, like before the danger, like when he's walking around talking to people, like he mm-hmm. talks to... Uh, Actually, this is your quote, Matt, right? Yeah, it is. It's also my good thing, so let's just bang this out right now. Okay, fair enough. Bang it out. Looks like you're almost finished. You wouldn't know who is the first Vulcan ambassador to Earth. Six letters ends with an R? Solcar, I think. Thanks, Captain. Don't mention it. It's literally the only enjoyment I got out of this episode. Yeah, that's... It's, it's like, I like that too. The, my good thing was like, not just that scene, but the whole bit, like the mm-hmm. whole, even to the point where he's talking to Paul and he's doing his usual, you should be less Vulcan and more human thing. Only uh-huh. it wasn't quite so irritating to me. It was like, you know what? You're the first officer. You are after me, the one in charge of all these people. Maybe you should get to know them a little. Yeah. Like that, that was reasonable for a change. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. for about five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe he felt more like the ship's dad. Like I thought he should. Mm-hmm. And then it stopped. But th- there was a bit where Archer was getting a little better. So that's something. That's yeah, what I, I thought of him dadding around when he was walking around. It felt like he was dadding around. And I liked st- it. We've st- I mean, Kirk was never like a dad, but everyone else since then. Picard's like the stern father you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cisco's like the cool dad will take you fishing. <laughs> yep. And like uh, Janeway was like the cool mom. Like they, they're always the best captains are parental figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we want Archer to be a dad. Yeah. Like and a good dad, not an angry th- dad. No, no, not. 
just like a ah, get those kids off my lawn. Like there now, that's that's what he's like. I think a part of it is this Enterprise feels very like, despite the fact that we have like a hundred and some odd guys running around, Enterprise feels very small. Like, well, we there were really... bits in this where we saw almost all, and it's 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 just under hundred is like ninety something. Yeah, yeah, but but like. like like, we see them like uh, preparing to go hunker down in this place, and it actually felt kind of full for a minute there. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what you're saying is like it felt out of place because the ship doesn't usually seem like that. It doesn't. It like this show is it's always seems very just the the seven main guys. Yeah, and more specifically, no. like three of those seven main guys. Yeah, no, we hardly get any Travis. We don't get nearly enough flocks. Like, yeah, of of those guys, we still don't get a lot of a lot of them. Like it's almost like going back to the original series. But not in a good way. But no, exactly. I have read that they wanted to do a similar thing with Kirk, Spock, and Bones that, they, that they've that they done with uh, T'Pol, Trip, and Archer, but it's not there at all. No, it isn't. But they focus on those three a lot because they wanted it to have that same dynamic. Yeah. And I just don't, it's not happening for me yet. I can Maybe see, it like, will, I can see why they, that they would think that, but it's just not working. Like No. If Archer got better, that would be a good trio, but right now. Well, I mean, that's the problem no. right there. Like, I, yeah. I like Captain Kirk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even when he was being terrible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so we did our good things. Caitlin, what do you got? Well, my good things kind of along the same lines. <laughs> we all picked the one <laughs> thing there was. Yeah. That's fair. My favorite part of this episode was just the ki- everybody being in the catwalk, being forced into each other's face. And I love the shots, like all the way down the catwalk, which mm-hmm. is it, full of people. And everybody's kind of got their arms like hooked around the railing and their legs mm-hmm. through it and all different positions and laying down and sitting and leaning and just trying to be comfortable in this like tiny little space all packed together. And uh, it actually reminds me of like some of the pictures you see of like, you know, old timey war stuff or mm-hmm. people serving on like a, a submarine oh, or on yeah, a battleship subs or, or even like a prison camp yeah. yeah where you're in a confined space and you're doing the best you can and you're mm-hmm. you know you're trying to entertain yourself the way that you can and shoot yeah. the shit with your your mates or whatever and For it's it. just like a camaraderie kind of thing we don't see that very yeah. often no, it's one, cool but one thing the show i think does actually pretty well when they're trying mm-hmm. is make it feel more military like that part mm-hmm. and it feels more like I can't imagine the crew of the other Enterprises hunkering down in engineering for a week. No. Right. Like, this show feels more like a submarine, and it feels more like there's more hardships and there's more military style. You got to suffer for a week because that's just how it is, and we're alone out here. Yeah. Right. And you just have to deal with it and make it work. And yeah. that's kind of just how they approach this. Mm-hmm. They're not like, oh, we can't do this. They're just like, oh, yeah, we can jerry rig this. We can jerry rig anything. Yeah. God, we got Trip here. He can yeah. figure it out. Exactly. Just tell him it's a boat. <laughs> You guys so. talking about boats? Yeah, we sure are, Trip. Oh, boy. I'm real real good with boats. Yep. Boats are great. Love them. Uh, but See, the important like... thing to do is to keep the water below the boat. That's your first thing. Otherwise, you got a submarine, and that ain't going to work at all. No. Because I put these screen doors in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we all agreed. Like, that, that little bit of it was all right. Yep. That was the best part. That, seeing the crew all interact with each other and act like friends or at least co-workers that have to put up with each other and you can get some real good stuff out of just like sticking yeah. people in a room with no privacy for eight days oh yeah no that's nothing, nothing think to of do. your co-workers no showers yeah as yeah. malcolm points out yeah, and yeah. whines about uh, but i mean well, like malcolm's the only one who can't deal with this yeah, i know everyone everybody else is like, well that's because malcolm's a piece of shit yep everyone else is like this starfleet this is gonna happen sometimes okay like He's a whiny getting, old baby. like this yep. honestly this feels like something you would have to do in astronaut training. Yeah. This this definitely does. And honestly, 
hopefully after this kind of situation, they might build a more habitable like storm shelter for the, for right. the ship. So you don't have to build one yourself. Like, oh, this could happen out here sometimes. Let's designate a room. Like, maybe you can turn the mess hall into a, you know, a st- I think that's what they did on Voyager sometimes in yeah. situations like this. Like, the mess hall would turn into, like, the everyone muster here while oh, we sure. yeah, I remember suffer that. through the crisis or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, anyway. All right, let's, let's do bad things. Caitlin, what do you got? Um... Honestly, it's pretty much the whole rest of the plot. <laughs> like the the whole aliens raiding the ship thing, like it's totally unnecessary. It's really dumb. The other aliens are really dumb. And well, the three dudes that showed up were like short, balding, middle-aged men. It was like the the planet of Costanzas. They yep. all just look like George Costanza. They all look the same. They all cook chicken wings uh-huh. and I don't know, it just it's it's kind of pointless. It takes away from the part that I actually enjoy. I don't really understand why it even needs to be happening. And it's just like the storm is kind of a real threat. It, like there's a still a legitimate reason for them to be in there. They mm-hmm. don't need to also be getting raided. No, they're hiding a thing because mm. then the evil guys and these were like since the Sulaban, maybe the most transparently evil guys I've seen in this show. The, oh, yeah. the main dude. Looks, oh yeah, the captain. Yeah, yeah. He looks so much like uh, the bad guy from uh, Space Mutiny, the uh, the MST episode. Oh god, I could see that. He also looked like he could probably play a Nazi officer in something, but he oh, was so easily. like. We will destroy Archer. Like, what is wrong with you? Bring me Archer. Yeah. I'm wearing my sinister space jacket. Yeah. Oh, it's just the worst. And yeah, these, like, it's it's the thing we talk about all the time where it's like we're meant to care about what's going on with these people and their struggle. And we don't care about that. We care about how it affects our guys. Yeah, exactly. Their deal is nothing to us. No. And I don't really... Their entire, their, my entire interest in them is how much they look like George Costanza and how yeah. many jokes I can make about that. Yeah, exactly. And that By the all. way, it was eight. I made eight uh-huh. jokes about it. Ah, uh, yeah, and I probably made 20. Yep. Yep. Just nonstop. I just don't even understand why they're parting out the ship. Like, why aren't they just trying to steal Voyager if they think it's abandoned? You like, mean Enterprise. Enterprise, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We'd rather be watching Voyager. I'm wishing I was back with my dear darling Seven of Nine. Oh, oh she's, she hasn't been born yet. And uh, I just don't, I don't know. It's just stupid. The whole time it's happening, I'm just yelling at the TV. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, me too. And it was it was like Die Hard where you have people taking over the ship and you got one person trying to stop them, except you had a hundred people trying to stop them. So it's nothing like Die Hard. Yeah. It's like they took the least interesting part of Die Hard and made that. It's like if you turn Die Hard around and then it doesn't make sense and it's stupid. Yeah, exactly. It's just hard die. But that's, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt, what was your bad thing? Okay, so... uh, Between this episode and Precious Cargo and the dozen other episodes that are like this, it really feels like it's super easy to trick the crew of the Enterprise. Like, I'm fine Mm -hmm. with them getting bamboozled occasionally, but two in a row like this with extremely similar premises, specifically aliens asking for help and having ulterior motives, makes the Enterprise crew look like a bunch of stupid goons. Well, I feel like, you know how we get the secret origin of Prime Directive every goddamn week? Yep. We're also getting the secret origin of, like, maybe being a little more suspicious. Asking I think a question? Yeah, I think, like, the show is trying to say, well, early on we would have messed this up a lot, but it just comes off as stupid. It just, Ar- Archer feels like a fucking rube, just, like, yeah, wandering through space all wide-eyed, <laughs> like, hey, mister, it's pro- it's nice to meet you. Uh, well, Admiral, we're all stuck on this planet because we sold the Enterprise for some magic beans. <laughs> I was hoping I would plant them and it would turn into a beanstalk and we could crawl off the planet, but that ain't happened yet. 
Yeah, how the hell do you get to a position of authority that he is in without any, like, ability to judge character? Like, Well, he's, he's, he's such a great res- ambassador, for one thing. Oh, yeah, he's a <laughs> oh, trained yeah. ambassador. Uh-huh. He's reserved all of his cynicism and all of his mistrust for the Vulcans, so he doesn't have any left for anyone else. Yep. You can only hate one people. Like, these, this woman who has stood by your side and saved your ass a million times, who is trying hard to make this work, even though she clearly doesn't like you. She still is professional and wants this to work for you. Mm-hmm. You just nonstop just accusing her of things. But any idiot who wanders on the ship is just like, oh, I completely trust you. Yep. Nothing going on here. Yeah. Well, this all checks out. Yeah. It's the worst. Just the worst. And they come off as idiots also. As they Matt do. Said. And it and really de- makes it hard to like sympathize with them. Mm-hmm. He defends them pretty intensely throughout the episode too he's just like they saved our lives they warned us about uh, this like uh-huh. maybe you should think about the whole situation like maybe talk it out to paul or like even have a dis- like just have a scene even where they're, you're like discussing it weighing it yeah. considering they, it yeah so we no. don't think you're such an idiot it's like moron they're having secret chicken wing meetings behind that shower curtain <laughs> oh you can't trust those secret chicken wing meetings no that's the first sign you got some kind of a mutiny or something happening uh, my bad thing. Space storms are dumb. Like, I understand space has crazy radiation mm-hmm. and weird particles and stuff. That's fine. I get that. That's a real thing that exists. But the way Star Trek shows a storm is literally a storm. Mm-hmm. Where it's they like play a big the purple se- hurricane, just like. Yeah. They, yeah, they put a glow on it. But, mm-hmm. like, Trip at one point is wandering around the ship in a suit. So he looks out the window and he sees just wind blowing like it's purple so you can see it. And you hear, like, it seriously feels like the first 10 minutes of The Wizard of Oz where he's trying to get in the the cellar. Like, oh, come on, man. Like, it's literally a storm. It's a hurricane. It's so dumb. Like, make it weird. Make magnetic stuff happen or the gravity fail or something this interesting that's not literally. Like, I expected him to look out and see raining in space. (laughs) Is how dumb it looks. Well, that's what the sound made it sound yeah. like. Yeah. Like, it legitimately was just wind. And I'm like, do you not know how space works? There's no air out there to be blowing. Yeah, like, yeah. I can understand if there's, like, you know, rocks hitting the ship yeah. from yeah. something. Then let's hear that. But, like, no. I don't want to hear wind in a windless place. It's so dumb. It just, it's one of those things where Star Trek, like, I assume astronauts or or physicists or whoever started calling things storms just to make it easier for people to understand and star trek just heard storm and made it a storm yep but it's not literally clouds with precipitation it's that's not how it works no Ugh. just ugh. unfortunately no one did any space research for this space well, show why would they i mean really why would they there's he's setting setting up like a space umbrella <laughs> <laughs> or you know like like Putting up the storm windows and boarding yep. things up and, you know. That Get on down to the cellar. Uh-huh. I mean, that's basically what they did. It's a twister. Oh, boy. Uh, what else? There's some cute Porthos stuff. Uh, that's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> there's always cute Porthos stuff. I mean, you know. I like when he, when he goes into the little mini bridge and uh, the first thing he does is go over to Porthos and scritch his little ears. Yep. Yeah, it'll hey, be buddy. okay, boy. Yep. He's all upset. They're cut it like when they're when they're bracing for impact when they first go into the thing, like they cut to reaction shots and Porthos is one of the reaction shots. I love that. You <laughs> see Trip looking nervous and Archer looking determined and then Porthos looking like a dog. Like, he's adorable. <laughs> I love it. 
I want to go for walkies. Not now. Go in your hole. I want some cheese. Yeah, don't give him cheese. <laughs> I got a one... note here that's just like, space is no place for such a good, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that makes me not want to give up on the show right now. Yep. Sometimes you... there's a dog. You might get good dog shots. Yeah. There's a point where uh, Archer's trying to talk up the crew, like, okay, we can get through this. And what he says was, we have the best crew in the fleet. Motherfucker, you're the only ship right now. <laughs> Starfleet is one ship and it's you. You're the only crew in the fleet. Like, I know later in the series we'll get other ships, but right now, Enterprise, they've made a point of saying they're the only one. And therefore best. And we're, we're the best. best. Yeah, they're also the worst. Uh-huh. So let's, not draw, let's maybe not bring that up to the visiting aliens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was, a, there was a scene where Malcolm got the poops. That was something. Yeah, I like watching him suffer. It's it was a nice Flox has good bedside manner yep. bit mm -hmm. where Malcolm's clearly embarrassed that he's like because probably the rations aren't sitting well with him or he's just nervous or whatever. Yeah. And Flox is like, it's okay. You can talk about it. It's fine. Lots of people go through this. It's not a big deal. And I just I like that. Yeah. Something like odd Flux. is happening to my bum. All right. Let's have a look at this bum. Oh, Fox boy. Has a... I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Fox has a nice scene with T'Pol, too. Oh yeah, when they're preparing for the yeah. for the thing. When he's packing up his oh, critters good, yeah. and he doesn't want to leave any behind and he mm -hmm. kind of pleased with her not to make him choose and she's just like, "Okay, you can have your extra space." Yeah, I my my slugs need some room to slug around, I guess. <laughs> well, she's yeah. like she's like, "Well, put them together." And he's like, "They'll eat each other." Yeah. You can't put them in the same cage. That's Which is fair. Yeah. It's not great. You've seen that scene where Nibbler eats all the animals they tried to save from that planet? It'd be just like that. Flox totally has a Nibbler somewhere in a cage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I'm getting out of here someday. Yep. For now, I'm playing it cool. <laughs> uh, my, what Marie, else? my Maurice LaMarche is not up to snuff. No, that's the that's uh, Frank Welker. Does, does is that Frank Welker? Okay. Yes, it is. Yep. Huh. Uh, anything else? And then my Maurice LaMarche is just fine. Yes, you have to do this. I really enjoyed uh, um, to Paul's I'm not skilled at fraternizing moment. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is I actually, for a change, I didn't hate Archer saying be more human because she's like, I, I understand that's a thing I should do, but it's not really my deal, dude. And I, I enjoyed that. But it felt like they were setting up a B-plot that happened early in the episode and then they just forgot about it yep. for like half an hour. And then at the end, she shows up at movie night. It's like, this felt like it should have been a little arc for her learning something, yeah. and it just they just dropped it. I was hoping that after that scene that she would then be going around yeah, and trying exactly. to say hi to people and being really awkward about it, and yeah. I was really hoping that that would be cute. Yeah, that's the first story beat in her trying and trying until she succeeds, but instead they just forgot. I, yeah, I think it would have been cool to have her just going around and be having like awkward attempted yeah. moments. I don't want that so much as I want this to be the first step in her getting really into westerns. <laughs> that could have been good too she's just like yelling at the tv and flinging popcorn yep I, I don't want to talk to the crew but more of this please these are fantastic yes it, i mean obviously the guy in the bat in the black hat is the bad guy but uh the shootouts are just great let me show you a little something called the good the bad the ugly you're gonna love it <laughs> it goes like this ooh -ee, ooh -ee, ooh. <laughs> wait let me get my harmonica <laughs> wah, wah, wah. yeah all right anything else uh, I think that's it. All right, Matt, we did your quote. Uh, yep. Caitlin, what do you got for an alternate title? Space camping gone wrong. Uh, that's pretty good. It sounds like a Fox reality show. Mm. Yep, it is. Uh, Matt, what do you got? The taking of starships NX01. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I went with on the catwalk, on the catwalk. Yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. I, I know I'm no Brian, but yeah. <laughs> you kind of set the bar pretty high there. All right. Well, that's all for this time. So well, two more down. So many more to go. Oh, yep. God. Yeah. But uh, Caitlin, you only have to do two more of these. So that's something. And then there's Discovery. Yeah, there is. And it just got renewed for a second season, we found out this week, which means nice. so Pod doesn't end. Pod doesn't end next September. It's going to keep going after that. Yep. So good. Good for us. Mm-hmm. And even if it turns out, like, even if it goes south and gets worse, it's, it's new still, stuff to talk about. Yeah. Like, all, all the stuff I don't like is so different and new. It's not the same old Rick Berman crap. It's yeah. new stuff. So that's something. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. So uh, the email address, as ever, postomicore at gmail, website mm-hmm. postomicore.com. Review us on iTunes. Uh, Twitter is at Algar and at Robot Matt. Did I forget anything? Uh, I think that's it. All right. That's it. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2017. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.